to the B-Sides. Hi, everyone. Cheerio. Yep, we're in that mood today. (laughs) Welcome to the B-Sides, a podcast where we take pop music seriously, but not ourselves. I'm Hannah. I'm Mimi. And I'm Becky. And Becky's British today, and you'll find out why super soon if you didn't just read the title of this podcast episode. Subscribe to the the B-Sides if you haven't already. We'd love to have you as a part of the B-Sides family. Speaking of the B-Sides family, today we are joined by a very special guest, Victor. (sighs) Yay! Crowd goes wild. Victor, welcome, welcome. Victor is a 27-year-old PSU graduate who is a professional painter, a baker, and a wannabe comedian. I don't know, Victor, I think you are just a full comedian. Um, But of course, currently only performing in this, you know, demonic virtual plane. He enjoys pop queens, especially Taylor and Ariana. Last names are obsolete this far down the rabbit hole. The only male musicians he can stomach are either gay or One Direction. He is a longtime listener to the B-Sides and could talk about pop music until his cute little jaw falls right off, which is exactly what we're going to do today. Welcome, Victor. Gorgeous reading of that. I, um, of course, wrote my bio in my mm-hmm. own voice, which is demented. So I'm glad that you, you did like an amazing job. Oh, great. I, I really wanted to... The only male musicians you can stomach either gay or One Direction was really important to get right. Mm-hmm. And the ones that aren't gay, in my mind, when I listen to them, in fact, are gay. Right. So you get to make your own reality. Way. Yeah. That one would fine. say One Direction is gay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. In many ways. More ways than one. Almost sexually gay as well. But I, uh, <laughs> Another time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have you back for a Larry rabbit hole episode. <laughs> oh my um, God. Okay, today we have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about two amazing bands, Little Mix and Blackpink, and how Little Mix and Blackpink together are holdouts in some ways of pop music in its purest form. So this is an exciting episode because what we're going to do is dive right into what both bands tell us about contemporary pop music. And then after that, we'll break down first Little Mix and then Blackpink and we'll try to timestamp that conversation in the description below. So Victor is on because Victor is our resident Little Mix expert. And I had to learn a lot about Blackpink for this episode. Um, so Becky and Mimi, I'm curious, did you feel like you knew about Little Mix and Blackpink before we dove into this episode? Like what's your baseline? Uh, I, I definitely knew a lot, not a lot, but I definitely knew like, I would say five out of 10 amount about Little Mix. Um, I got, sorry, it's just too easy to do the Little. Um, I got hooked on them with Black Magic in 2015 and I don't know how I stumbled upon them. Hannah, I, were they on a B-Sides playlist? Was Black a Magic? Question. I was thinking maybe, maybe that or maybe yeah. Spotify recommended them to me because they definitely fit like my music portfolio. Um, and I knew honestly next to nothing about Blackpink except that their songs are TikTok songs. And I had famously seen Little Mix on Ariana Grande's Dangerous Woman tour in 2017. And they, <laughs> I can't remember what they said, but I remember being um, outside at the concession stand area with a couple of my friends and they were like chatting to the crowd and it was like so it was like Becky's impression we'll get into that more but point is like I knew and loved some of their singles and I am very familiar with their latest album which is great but I knew so little about them as individuals or their histories or their dynamics and I knew 
next to nothing about Blackpink. So thank you for opening my eyes. So exciting. Um, Okay, so let's get into them. Um, Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will start by comparing and contrasting these two amazing bands. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we're back. So let's start with some overarching takeaways about what these two bands have in common. Uh, So both band sounds are pop music in the purest and in some ways most archetypal form. Yeah, both bands love excess in their style, their live shows, their brands, and the sound of their music. They also have killer outfits that can be lavish and really out there. Blackpink and Little Mix both strike a delicate balance between the individuality of the four members and a cohesive vibe, style, attitude, and brand. And their dynamic doesn't feel forced, at least to to us. I think we can all agree on the outside, um, which is not always true of girl groups or boy bands or any sort of group dynamic. And both groups are well known for their true friendship between the members. So the fact that it doesn't feel forced, the fact that they seem to have this very real friendship is is great. And if fans ever discovered, if we ever discovered that there was bad blood, it would be a crushing experience. It would be a huge blow. Yeah. When Victor and I were chatting about this episode, we were like, this would be world altering. Especially yeah. if the Little Mix friends were not friends. Yeah. It would disrupt. My, me and my friends call that disrupting my universe. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it would like, it would totally ripple something. I mean, because they're so, they're just like purely perfect. They're just a group of friends. They seem like friends, Little Mix specifically. I hope so. I hope it's real. Um, so also both of these bands were created by machines that ultimately want to make money. That's, that is an underlying dynamic. Um, it's not actually different than any other mainstream artist, but it feels more notable with these bands. So Little Mix was put together after the four members auditioned and got, like not so far, I guess, um, for X Factor, which actually, Victor, you'll explain more of that history to us when we get there. Um, and Blackpink's members were put together as the four uh, as the four members went through intensive training with an entertainment company, which we will also go into in depth. So there's that dynamic is really present in being a fan of both Little Mix and Blackpink is just being aware that there's like a very large machine behind them. Um, so Victor, I'm curious. Those are some of the things the bands have in common. But what do you think differentiates the two bands? Like, what do they not? have in common um so thank you for asking um i think that the bands are quite different um they're they're both four girls um but that's kind of like where the similarities kind of stop uh because little mix uh so like i'm just gonna give you a quick little like rundown of like the history of little mix so they're a uk pop group that was uh, created in a lab, aka X Factor, composed of Jade Thurwall, Perry Edwards, 
Jesse Nelson and Leanne Pinnell. Um, and that was in 2011. They actually won their season of X Factor, um, which is like iconic, like of course. And um, their sound can be described as like, it ranges like all over the place for pop. And like, that's a usual thing, like with, you know, a new artist, like they'll try everything. But um, Little Mix has kind of has kind of stuck with like putting everything in their albums for the past like nine years. Like you'll always have like these random songs like with like weird like boinging like sound effects and stuff. Like they're they're always putting in a little mix of all of their interests, which I think is really cool and it actually makes it cohesive um, because it every album is always so different and wide ranging that it like makes sense for them. Um, yeah. And I, I also kind of, I think that they're, they can be really maximalist at times, but they're also famous for doing like off the cuff, uh, four part harmony, acoustic things like live. And it's, I think they're just so cool and talented, but I think, um, <laughs> yeah, that's all I'll say about little mix. <laughs> yeah. That's all we're going to talk about for little mix for the rest of the episode. That's it. We're done. I'm just kidding. I won't say anything else the rest of the time. <laughs> um, so Victor actually gave us some homework to do so that we could all get on the same page um, about Little Mix. So Mimi and Becky, I'd love to hear what were some of your reactions to the homework that Victor gave us? Well, I think I did a little bit too much, but I just want it just made me want to be in a girl band like so bad I was like there's something about this camaraderie and this friendship and I agree if I ever find out it's not real I will be devastated um and like I think maybe it's because they're trauma bonded through this like what I would imagine is probably not a fun experience to go on the x factor considering all the we also watched some videos about Jesse who is like clearly going through a lot of stuff um and I won't foreshadow what happened we all about what happened uh, this upcoming week, but it, uh, I would imagine that being on live TV and then having uh, for the X factor, they, uh, the UK votes, is that how you win? Is it like American Idol? Yeah, yeah. it's the same. Okay. So, right. So you have to appeal to people to try to win, to get like, to become this celebrity and i would imagine that that's like pretty fucking scary and definitely would bond people because you are one of the four people in the world who has experienced that together um so it's no surprise to me then that it also kind of sucks it seems very lonely and like the one of the videos that we watch just is jesse who talks about how like the minute she won everyone was like oh the fat girl like all attacks on her which we read jessica simpson's memoir and it was a very similar uh through line that we see from a lot of celebrities because as a society we judge women based on what they look like and they have super unrealistic standards and of course she felt she couldn't meet them because she would go on social media and people would be like you're fat and ugly which is so not true but i can understand how it would tear someone apart um but that said they have produced a shit ton of jams um and very fun music videos i love i love this homework in part because i love the craft it's a perfect film i love black magic it's a perfect pop song 
And I had never seen the music video somehow, despite like I talk a big game about loving music videos, but I had never seen this huge blind spot. So that was like a real treat. Loved it. Thank you so much, Hannah and Victor, for that. And then, yes, thank you. (laughs) And then um, I loved the, so we watched this word association game, which I always love. And, you know, it's like, it's your standard there's there's a certain word and then you have to associate with a certain song and sing it. Um, it confirmed what I already suspected, which is that Jade is extremely funny, but also like has a lot of depth. She was talking about um, the Diana Ross song, When You Tell Me That You Love Me, like made her think of her mom and like she sang it to her mom and her mom cried and that really got me. Um, and just like she, I was clear that she has like a very eclectic taste in music, the word associations that she was doing. And she had these impressions and they were very funny and on point. And my last take for the moment um, has to be about Jesse and, and all of them. But, you know, like I said at the top, I didn't know a ton about their past experiences. And it's both unbelievable and yet like completely believable and a tale as old as modern pop music that certain women get targeted for no good reason and it ruins their career or it takes a major toll on their mental health. And I think, you know, the difference with a girl group, I think in some ways it can be more acute than if it's a singular pop star, because every time they take the stage, they're taking it with people they're constantly compared to and told that they shouldn't be a part of the group. And she's been, um, you know, she's been expressing that for years now. So it's just, it just seems like another level that she's been dealing with for a long time. So as we were planning this episode, something huge happened that was actually nuts and made this even more timely. Um, Jesse Nelson, as we've alluded to, announced she was leaving. Um, After announcing she was taking a break uh, just over a month ago, I believe, due to private medical reasons. So Victor, I know you're still probably in shock and mourning, but in, you know, I don't know, like what are, what was your reaction to Jesse's news? Um, yeah, my reaction, oh my God, am I, I thought I was muted for a second. My reaction, um, was like just pure sadness. Like I was like, it, it wasn't like my reaction to Zane leaving One Direction, which like, if we're talking about Little Mix, you also have to talk about One Direction because they are like cosmically tied um Perry famously was dating Zane and was actually engaged to Zane um and Zane left One Direction and I don't know with One Direction it always seemed like they would break up because like they definitely always like put on a face but like we said with Little Mix they're like best friends like hashtag trauma bonded um but like yeah I knew Jessie's story I had watched her BBC documentary um about like suicide and like online bullying and it like really struck a chord with me a couple years ago and so to see this I I knew that it was coming from like an emergency place and like a like she needs to get out of this like right now and like I don't know that like breaks my heart like she's obviously doing what she loves she's so good at it um I think her voice is one of the most unique voices I've ever heard in pop. Um, so it's just, I don't know, it's really, really tragic because I, I can't blame her for wanting to leave, but I can because it makes me sad and I'm the only one that matters. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm so happy for her, but 
No, I mean, it's great that, you know, they're not, they are not breaking up because of it, right? Like they're, they're staying together and it's probably good for her instead of just say, I'll take a hiatus and just ask. And and then she just sets herself up to be asked every day. When are you coming back to be like, you know what? Like, no, I'm done. Yeah, that's true. It's like, it's cleaner cut. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you have any other things to say, Victor, about the amazing um, homework that you gave us? Like why you picked some of those pieces or why they're special to you? And also, I should say, I didn't think about this, but I'm going to put the homework that Victor gave us for Little Mix and the Blackpink homework that I gave Becky and Mimi in the description of this episode so everybody can follow along. Um, I chose the homework very strategically uh-huh. um, because like, I think that... Black Magic was like their big American hit. And they've like the history of Little Mix is like they've been trying to break into America for like their entire existence. Um, but what's funny about them is like they just kind of haven't. Like the gays, the girls and the gays like love Little Mix, but like for some reason, I don't know why they haven't uh broken through. Um, so I'm always like absolutely insane online about like getting people like Little Mix and like offering up as much as I can. But um, yeah, I wanted to show you guys like their, their undeniable like friendship and how that they are not in competition with each other and they're all equal, which I think is like exactly what you want from a girl band and like exactly what they're trying to portray is like, we can all be friends and we can all be supportive of each other. And we always have each other's back like in interviews, like whatever, like, and they're also really funny, gorgeous, and smart. So, <laughs> all those things that actually gets to there. I was kind of thinking about with with um, you know designing, talking about this episode with Little Mix that there's they work right. That's undeniable. They work. They're very successful by any measure, and we love them. And I'm curious, you know, what are some things that we think make them work? Just because this is like any group that's like them would have succeeded in this time versus what are some things that are unique to these four women and the music they create that makes them work. And I think an example is what you just said, Victor. Um, I don't think that popular culture right now would be as interested if there was one or two that were dominant. I don't think we want that anymore. I don't think it's interesting I think it's a little stressful. <laughs> like I think with both, and we'll get to Blackpink too, we actually, if there's going to be a band, whether it be a quote unquote girl band or a different kind of band, it's nice when there's equality. <laughs> it makes it special and a little more palatable. So I'm curious if there are other pieces that you want to kind of tease out, like what works about Little Mix that's unique to them and what works that's more reflective of like our culture more broadly. Yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned it earlier that their like music kind of like is a big, it spans um, the different types of pop music. But for me, it's always been, it's that kind of music, like that Katy Perry, Pink Pink, like Lady Gaga vibe that was like 2010, like late, like aughts. Um, it's just like kind of like the, in a time capsule and they're continuing to make it, uh, which is awesome. And um, yeah, I suppose like, each of them have a very specific tone to their voice. Um, so that's really cool. And it's cool to see in their songs, they're all equally represented in the verse and chorus. Like it's never one person taking over. 
But what I will say about how they reflect the culture is anytime that they can control their equality, it's perfectly equal. But anytime you leave it up to like the broader public to control it, for instance, like metric wise, like, um, or yeah, Perry has like the most followers. She has 13 million on Instagram. And then Jesse has like 7 million. Jade has like around 7 million. And then Leanne has like 6 million. And Leanne is the only black woman in the group. And I think that just like, you can see that in every girl group that like the black, the quintessential black girl in the group has like significantly less followers. And I think that that's a really good mirror for like, obviously like their types of fans and like, just like, I guess like um, unconscious bias even, or maybe sadly conscious bias. But yeah, I think that's, that's my take on that. But yeah, I read and I, I should have shared with you too, Victor. I don't know if you've read this, but um, maybe you've seen this article from Leanne, but Leanne in June when all the George Floyd stuff was going on, uh, put out a, an, I, don't know, I think she did an Instagram live where she was like, I felt so alone even on the stage because the fans weren't clapping for me. They were clapping, clapping for the three other white people in the band. And it's like devastating. She just like talks about all of the like subconscious racism and overt racism that she's experienced. And I, I don't know if you're a Bachelor fan, but it's a similar thing that you see in Bachelor Nation where Rachel Lindsay, for example, was the first black bachelorette. And she now I think is over a million followers, but like trailed in comparison to other bachelorettes, other bachelors, even people who weren't even bachelorette in follower count. And you see it in uh, the final three right now, the, the one uh, one of the three is a, a man of color and he has like a third of the amount of following as the other two who are um, who are left. And say what you will about Instagram, but it's a way so many of them make money and cut deals. And it's like a clear representative of like where fandom is. And also like how much you support someone is literally your, your follow is like letting them make money. Um, and it like dictates like how, at least in the bachelor world, which is again, different than a pop star, but it like dictates literally their future and how brands will work with them and marketing and everything. And it's now clear color lines that I, I don't know if people paid attention to before. It's something the Reddit talks about a lot. Um, that's my side tangent. Yeah, I don't, and I don't think it's a side tangent, you know, I think it's like completely central to the whole dynamic and the whole industry. So I think it's a great point. Um, and it was a great and, and very sad article and very sad trend. And it always, I always go back to this, but it, and you know, this is a different time before social media and everything, but I, it always brings me back to the Spice Girls. And while I know that the identities of like baby, ginger, sporty, and posh aren't like very three-dimensional, um, the fact that the one black woman had to be scary spice is just like uh, wildly inappropriate given the history of America and the British Empire um, yeah, and, and all the stereotypes that come with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's it's totally it's totally relevant. Um we actually, yeah, I can, I'd love to read one of um, just a, a, 
a very moving line from the video that that we're talking about where Leanne said, there comes a point in every Black human's life, no matter how much money you have or what you have achieved, you realize racism does not exclude you. I think that was really the thesis of her piece and it was a really important um, message for her to to share. She was like very openly emotional. It was obviously a very vulnerable statement to do and um, was, but was really important for us to be honest about. Yeah. And I think that is also uh, an obvious different, differentiating thing between them and Blackpink. And we could talk about Blackpink and I think there is, uh, they're not all Korean. So I think even in watching the documentary, you could tell that there was like status differences maybe in that they're not all Korean and we can get to that when we talked about Blackpink, but I do think it is something that makes them different. Totally. And not comparable. But I I do what I love about Little Mix and I do think what's something that's indicative of the time is that they, they do try to do some girl boss uh, themes, although I don't find them to be as overt as other girl bands have been. Um, and maybe that's what makes them more palpable for me. I did, I, you can see it in the power video, which I had not watched. So I was happy to have been given the esteemed opportunity to watch the power video multiple times. Um, this song is one also truly a bop, like, and that's what I love about them the most. Like you cannot listen to that song and you have to dance. It's required. And when it drops into the chorus is thrilling. Like you can be a woman and a boss and wear the trousers. I also just they're British, so trousers. Um, <laughs> but it's heavily girl boss, girl boss vibes, which I'm sure Mimi also has some thoughts. So I wanted to know if you wanted to comment on that, but it doesn't feel as force fed to me. And I thought maybe that's because I'm entranced by them. <laughs> so I was like, maybe I'm under a spell, but it's definitely those vibes where you're like, I roll. Yeah, I think I personally give it's definitely girl boss. It's got girl boss written all over it. Um and I think I give I give it a pass because like they're British and cute and they say trousers. Like if they said <laughs> pants, I'd be like, "No. Take that girl boss energy out of here." Um but because that's not quite what it is, I give it a pass, but it's like objectively girl boss and I don't know who wrote it, but you know, it's yeah, you know, it's Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell wrote it <laughs> to perpetuate the capitalist machine. I don't believe that like their actual personalities uh, are like subscribed to the girl boss of it all. But yeah, when they're when the when the megaphone comes through and it's like Simon Cowell's really on the other end of it, that explains some things, which we've decided. You know, he he wrote that so. Yeah, I mean, then they also put out the song Woman Like Me, which is, again, in the same uh, vein. And it's the same, like, don't fuck with me, I'm a woman, and not the kind you're used to vibes, which is also very Nicki Minaj. Like, and she's featured on the song. So I was like, again, all right, I'll let this flop. Like, she's one of the few women rappers in the game, which we can talk about is another time I think that she also enjoys the fact that she's one of the only few. Um, But I do agree that it, we had discussed that it kind of flops um, and I'm not exactly sure what they're trying to show in the music video. I'm like, so you're rebellious because you eat messy. Like, okay. Like you're a freak in bed. Like, I don't know, Jan, it's been overdone. The song is great though. It slaps. <laughs> so, uh, but I was like the music video, I was like, you're in a fancy like castle. Beautiful. You like want to eat with your hands. Okay, cool. But like, what does it have to do? Like woman like me vibes. It's also very sucker music video. Like, I feel like it was 
Like yeah. I think yeah. it might have been the same year. And it's like the it same was. castle basically. <laughs> What's that? They're all using the same castle. They're like my turn. Yeah. They are. I, I hallucinated for a minute that it was the Downton Abbey <laughs> castle. And then I was like, never mind. It's not. Yeah. <sighs> but they also gave us, in Becky's words, the, the best gift of, of 2020. Yeah. Sweet Melody and that whole album like is so good. And I was honestly pissed at my fucking Spotify raps because I listened to Happiness like multiple times. And that they got to strategically put their albums out in March. So it'll give me enough plays that I will be able then to dictate that Spotify, you know, that there, it should be there. Exactly. I Happiness is, it's like such a hidden gem of like classic pop perfection. Like so people good. need to realize that. It's so good. And happiness on Evermore. I got two happinesses in 2020. Just two. Got to ration them. That's it. Yeah. One's quite depressing. The other one is really uplifting. <laughs> Okay, so Victor, we asked people to share why they love Little Mix and also some questions that they had. Um, And we'll get to why people love Little Mix in a second. But someone asked, um, why are they so angry on not a pop song? Um, Not like not believing them. They were just like, what's the story here? Like, why are they so angry? What's the backstory? So I don't know. What's your take? I don't do what Simon says is an iconic line from not a pop song. (laughs) Well, I think they, the, it's either this album or the or LM5, they like left uh, their old like recording um, contract or something. Uh, so obviously like they probably just like felt constrained, but I think um, the thing that they hear a lot is that they're a guilty pleasure, like their music is considered a guilty pleasure. I think this is kind of like slapping back at that and being like, whatever, like, pop songs are like kind of like stupid sometimes but like that's not like what this one is but it it's kind of it's like a meta narrative because like it is a really catchy pop song at the same time um so they're just kind of like if this is your guilty pleasure then like screw you because like we're gonna like enjoy it while you're like listening to it and you feel weird about it but I don't know (laughs) that's like my initial take did you do you love confetti like top to bottom? Uh yeah, like literally every song I'm like addicted to. It's it's like their best album, definitely. I love it. I like the front half better. I have to be honest. Yeah. I, I hope that's okay though, to say. Their songs like they have a lot of staying power. Like I'll, yeah. I'll go back to their old music and I'm like, "Whoa, like I'm discovering completely new songs to me that I just ignored cuz half the album is like super high energy so it's like you cannot hear those songs yeah I, I literally will put them on if I'm having a bad mood and I'll put on black magic and I'll be like oh wow everything is cured <laughs> like, <laughs> I think black magic perfectly uh it's nostalgia because it like yes. perfectly puts you back in those days of like what was that group uh, where they're like uh uh like it's, it's oh my bewitched. God. bewitched. <laughs> yeah. it's be- I mean yeah it was such a nod to bewitch um in every possible way i didn't i I didn't think about that where have i been where's my brain i didn't think about that either but that makes sense it's (laughs) it's just like it's yeah they just they really make they're like the quintessential amazing pop music that you you just can't stop listening to it but famously they hate black magic right or they don't like performing it anymore right i think they just got sick of it 
Yeah, they probably just the same way. Like Ariana's it. sick of Bang Bang, even though I still think it's great. <laughs> also, I since Mimi famously saw the tour, which I'm so jealous of, I so can jealous. see. I can see why they toured together. I also could see them being friends. And I honestly think it's the uh, accents making, like making fun of accents and doing all the impersonations. Like I bet they had so much fun together. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Absolutely. Um, We also asked our Instagram why people love little mix and got so many responses. Uh, Here's a few. Jordan said those harmonies, the pure love for making pop. They're clearly having so much fun. I think we agree. Kat said, because they take no shit. I wish they had a better, I wish they had better PR and they attempted to break into the U S interesting. Victoria, it's good pop music. We need more girl groups. I love their vibes. Great reasons. And also we got a voicemail, a coveted voicemail from Mimi in Chicago. Let's take a listen. Hello, my pod friends. A uh, long time, first time. I am a huge Little Mix stan. I love them so much. Um, I've been listening to them since, you know, the inception, 2012 with DNA. I wouldn't, I don't think I would have called myself a real fan until probably Little Mix 5, which came out in 2018. Um, and then with their most recent album with Confetti really cemented how much I love them. I think they're great. Their music is really good. Um, it's fun. I love their girl group and they're very prolific. Like they have so much music. Each of their albums has so many songs and so many good songs. Um, they're just, they're very good at what they do. I love that they're a group that hasn't, well, I, for a long time they had, they kind of stayed strong. They hadn't broken up or anything. Um, and they're very, very funny. And they're just so much fun. And I just, I love them. And I only want the best for them. <laughs> and let's hear a few more reasons people love them. So Christine said, I love that Kelly Rowland basically founded them. True. Uh, Dana said, I love their sound and energy. They're easy to like. That's true. They're very likable. And Fiona said, they have bops in all caps. Too true. My version of, um, of, uh, black magic that you were saying becky these days it's breakup song like i think that is such a good song i know we almost overuse the word propulsive when we're talking about pop music on this podcast but that is how i feel about that song it just keep, it just goes forward i love it um okay well because this is a british band and something that's funny about them also is that um Perry and Jade are from up north. They're Geordie girls, and they have really extra funny accents. So, Victor, uh, please, I would like you to go one by one and do their accents. <laughs> I don't have a good... We should pick a sentence for you to say for each of them, and then we will inevitably, the three of us, will uh, echo you with our own attempts. Um, oh, yeah, what should our sentence, sentence be? Um, um, like, you know, like... America, why aren't you? Why don't you let us tour? They like stay shit like gutted. You need something where it's like easier to do like uh like yeah maybe America we are gutted that <sighs> maybe maybe Little Mix has the number one album in America. <laughs> we'll manifest that. Oh yeah, yeah. great, great. It's really <laughs> funny. You everybody should Google like um, or should search on YouTube the like Jesse. And Leanne making fun of Jade and Perry's accents. God, it's very so funny. funny. And like, yeah, just compare it to see how we do. So I'll maybe I'll just like go down all of them. Yes, please, please. Yeah, let's start with Perry. I already forgot the sentence. Amazing. Um, (laughs) Oh yeah, little (laughs) mech. 
<laughs> Little Mix has the number one album <laughs> in America. So that's number. my theory. No, that's it. That was perfect. Number one. And then Leanne. Leanne has like a very classical British accent. It's like. It's so beautiful. Little Mix has the number one album in America. Uh, Jade's is like completely incomprehensible. So I would say it's like. Little Mix has the. No- <laughs> little Mix. Little. <laughs> Little Mix has the number one album in America. <laughs> How she talks. And then uh, Jessie's is like very classical in like a very similar way to Jay's. But she's kind of talks like up here. So it's like yes. Little Mix has the number one album in America. Malenia. <laughs> that was so much better than I ever could have thought. Wait, you guys have to try. You guys have to do at least one each. I cannot even think. Lamex has the number one album in America. That was my Jesse, but that wasn't very good. Oh, I thought that was the girl that got removed from the group because the accent was so bad. Lamex. <laughs> Simon Cowell. It's that, so great. That We're offending amazing. everyone right now, but it's okay. Excuse me. You, if you knew anything, you would know that I have British cousins, so I'm offending no one. I am. I'm a member of the. My uncle married now divorced, but was married to a Scottish woman who I could not understand blast because her accent. Them. Yeah, put them on blast. Her accent is like. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no one could understand her. No, I'm just kidding. She's better than my uncle. Um, her well, it all accent, worked out because then she listened to breakup song when it was over. <laughs> Her accent, though, like the Scottish accent is really, but I would imagine it's what she says about me in a New York, like talking fast, same thing accent. So there's that. Little Max. Little Max. Wait, Hannah, you have to, can you at least try and say, um, can you say, I don't know? Can you say that in Perry's accent? I don't know. (laughs) That was good. Good. That was very good. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's they're so funny. How do people have their own like inflection too? You know, so it's yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Okay, okay, that's enough, Anna. That's enough. (laughs) (laughs) That was a perfect worm. That was the most perfect segment of this podcast that's ever been (laughs) and ever will be. Yeah, we did it. Well, if you're listening right now, then you're you're present for the peak. Of this podcast, it's time to talk about Blackpink. A Blackpink. I can't. I don't know. They say Are you black. doing Blackpink in British? <laughs> yeah, I was trying. Blackpink in your area, in a different area. Yeah. Um. What are some closing thoughts we have about Little Mix before we go to Blackpink? We stand. We stand. I'm looking forward to them, even if it's just the three of them. Yeah, I I'll always support those gals. Those gals. <laughs> I love those gals. They're great. Sound like Ed Sheeran. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, he says that about Little Mix, maybe. Oh, bloody hell. Um, so, Victor, I hope that you succeeded in your ultimate goal of getting more fans for a Little Mix. If uh, audience, if you're listening right now and you have become a fan of Little Mix, 
please DM us uh, or, you know, Victor, we'll shout out your Instagram at the end. Maybe just DM Victor just directly and make sure that he knows that he succeeded. Check or money order is fine. Yeah, right. At the end of the day. Like, that's absolutely fine. I'll accept, like, literally any kind of money. So it's like, if you became a fan, like, I'll accept any kind of money. I just want to make that on the record. Super clear. And my SoundCloud is. Great. (laughs) Okay, so let's take a break. And then when we come back, we will talk about Blackpink. Absolutely not editing that out. Welcome back. We're doing Blackpink. Blackpink in your area. I love Blackpink. Um, I am so aware now that we just also did that that segment of Little Mix accents, and now we're going to Blackpink. Just how American this episode is. So. If you're not American and you're listening to this, I just, um, you know, thank you. (laughs) This is, I hope that it's uh, actually interesting in some ways to see how the U.S. views these um, really important other cultures that we are like honestly so blind to in so many ways. Like Little Mix and Blackpink are some of the biggest bands in the entire world in all of history. And a ton of like American audiences are like, who? It's like, it's completely our loss. Okay, so let's do Blackpink 101 real quick. Um, Who are the members of Blackpink? So Blackpink is a K-pop girl band made up of four amazingly talented humans, Jenny, Rosé, Jisoo, and Lisa. All very wonderful humans. They were formed in 2016, so Little Mix has five years on them, by YG Entertainment, Inc., which is a huge South Korean entertainment company. And in terms of their discography and sound, similar to how we were talking about Little Mix, they are pop music in the purest, purest form. Um, They are even, I would say, more maximalist than Little Mix in a lot of ways. They are the masters of chorus drops. You really, you can't hear a, a single musical instrument on their tracks. It's all huge maximalist computer music in the best way. Um, They also, interestingly, they often have at least one or many um, rap verses on their songs, um, either in English or Korean or actually mostly both. Um, Specifically, uh, the two uh, members who can rap really well are Jenny and Lisa. And their songs also have this very anthemic vibe like the choruses are very sing-alongable um they are mostly in english the choruses specifically um or they're like onomatopoeias because they just want you to sing along with the sounds which is really fun so i'm curious for all of you like what was the moment when you realized that black pink had dominated um for me it was sour entered your area when did they enter your area (laughs) Yeah, like when did you realize this? Well, not until very recently yeah. for me. When I was watching the Netflix documentary this week, which highly recommends to to any and all, the very minute early on when they're introducing Lisa and she's in this like expensive vintage store, not a thrift shop because everything's like very expensive, it seems. And she she sees like a Chicago Bulls shirt. Not clear if it means anything to her, but she's like, it's like a championship shirt. And and she like turns and she's like, 
1997, the year I was born. And then like smiles and like turns away. That that was my moment. Um, so it happened very recently, but it was very powerful. What what about you guys? I would say it also happened very recently to me as well when I discovered or when I should say realized that they are in fact every TikTok song. How you like that? Oh, also, I had an idea. I think uh, we should all say Blackpink together, like the way that they like yell it. (laughs) How do you do something at the same time on Zoom? We should do a countdown. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Victor, you um, conduct us. Okay, wait, Becky's muted. Oh, we're doing it right now? We're doing this. It's happening. That'd be cool. Uh, okay, so we're gonna all do it on three. So, or one, two, three, do it. Okay. okay. One, two, three. Blackpink! Black Black <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, so my intro to Blackpink was the song like, do, 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 do. Uh, the, the video at the time was like the most viewed video in 24 hours or something on YouTube. And I was like, oh, this is like, this is awesome. Like biggest sets I've ever seen in a video, like totally cool. Um, and then when they did Coachella with uh, like the same year Ariana or did Ariana do it that year? Yeah. Yeah. It was Ari Chella. And they became like friends and I was like, okay, I have to stand. Have to. Yeah. And for me, it was Sour Candy because Lady Gaga would not collab with just anyone. And I love that song. I love it. I like really like that song. And then I think, I think it went, I could easily Google this to verify it. So I probably should have, but I think it went Sour Candy and then Ice Cream with Selena. And I was like, okay, this is how they're like getting into my brain. But I, but it took me a long time before, like I would listen to Sour Candy and listen to Ice Cream, but it took me a long time before I actually just like opened Spotify, searched Blackpink, listened to Blackpink specifically. But now I have. It's a big moment for a person. Huge, huge moment. So like we did for Little Mix, we asked on our Instagram, why do you love Blackpink? And here, here are two responses. So Dana said, their talent is immense. They are so sweet and smart. They love what they do. Their songs are bops. And Hannah said, I love a group that dances. It's so fun and reminiscent of the groups I loved growing up. It's true. They serve us like choreography. Like we grew when I like came into consciousness as a person, like that was a huge part of pop music. And I think that's, that's true for a lot of us. And and they definitely give us that. Yeah. It definitely harkens back to the big groups of, of your um, Blackpink is one of the biggest bands of all time. Specifically, they're one of the most popular Korean girl groups of all time by any measure. But defining them narrowly as the biggest Korean girl group downplays just how significant these four women are, which is totally true. It's like, it's just like the annoying, like, misnomer on top of something that's like making amazing art. It's like very right. weird to me. Like the yeah. more qualifiers you you use it's helpful and it's descriptive, but it makes it, it make like it, it, it doesn't make it clear how big of a deal they are. Exactly. Right. So let's go through these four individuals real quick, real quick. Let's start with Jenny. Jenny can be serious and doesn't smile when she doesn't feel like it. 
which is relatable. She's incredibly talented and is the first of the four to put out a song as a solo artist. Her single was amply, aptly titled solo, respect it. And Jenny lived in New Zealand for a long time and speaks English fluently. So is often a spokeswoman for the group, which I also noticed in, in the documentary. Uh, yeah, the other the other spokeswoman, it, <laughs> I'm trying to do an Australian accent, is Australian Rosé, who famously has a beautiful voice and carries a lot, cares a lot about music and is, wait, that's kind of like British, and is working on music of her own as well, which she's revealed she feels very privately about. And Rosé's best friend is the other youngest of the group, there's some, there's something there's something like Australia and New Zealand in there that I can't do. Lisa, who I was just talking about, Lisa is the lead dancer and rapper. She is a star in every sense of the word. She has a captivating presence. She's a charismatic performer. They said that like on and off the stage, there's her smile and her energy just really like lights them up. And when they're feeling down, she brings them up again. And they told her that and she was like, oh, so I should like keep doing it. And they were like, yes, keep being who you are. She is Thai and she had to learn Korean when she came to train as a teenager. Yes. And finally, we have Jisoo, the Korean singer slash soon to be actress who is probably the most unique and distinctive voice in the group. She's not confident with her English and comes off shy in interviews, but she is really, that's just because she doesn't feel confident in responding, which also relatable. She's going to star in a K-drama, a show called Snowdrop. Snowdrop sounds iconic. I don't know much about it, but I can't, I can't wait to learn more. I thought it was going to be a movie, but it's a show. Yeah, it's a big deal. Proud of her. What does Snowdrop mean? Is it like drugs? I don't know. <laughs> I think it takes place at like a boarding school. Shoot. Oh, I'm not actually drugs. sure. And the person who's listening to this who knows the answer is so annoyed the at me for not knowing. Me going, yeah, exactly. Is it drugs? <laughs> Are they getting drugs? Is it drugs? <laughs> is it like winter solstice? Is it I don't, or like the name of a cat? Yeah. Aww. Oh no, they dropped it. I'm sorry for whoever's listening to this and just like absolutely raging right now. <laughs> um, let's move on. So Blackpink's vibe is savage excess. K-pop music more broadly, other other groups as well, you know, highlights bold beats and larger than life chorus drops and Blackpink is no exception to that. And what sets them apart is this way that they balanced soft femininity with hard savageness. So like two of their biggest songs of all time incorporate this gun-toting, badassery, not girl boss, but badassery in the chorus, Kill This Love and Do-Do, Do-Do, Do, is, is, you know... It's a challenge to say, even when I've just watched the the music video. Um, and both of these employ this like shooting pantomime and the choreography, as does How You Like That, another iconic song. They love to pull the trigger as a part of hard choreography. Not hard like difficult, but hard like savage. They always use that word. Um, I personally find this addictive as someone who like really is not usually into gun imagery i'm like going around my apartment like constantly just like shooting up everything i see 
This is editing Hannah, jumping in to make sure I clarify that I meant with finger guns. With finger guns. Okay, back to the show. After watching their videos, it's so addictive. And I feel like, I honestly, I feel powerful. Like, like you know, kind of trying to channel their their savageness. Yeah, I love, they do like a lot of gun stuff in the, not like gun stuff in like a weird perverted way, but they do like funny gun movements in uh, Kill This Love, uh, which has some of the coolest choreography mixed with like um, camera work. And it's very like Lara Croft Tomb Raider vibe. Um, So obviously like K-pop is a visual medium as much as it is about the music. So the songs are bigger than their three minutes with their music videos, dance practice videos, and live show performances that take on a life of their own. Singles and music videos will often be accompanied by dance practice videos to teach you the choreo. And the choreo for, say, lovesick girls, we are the lovesick girls, will be the same across their music video. I'm only doing British now. Uh, Will be the same across their music videos and their practice videos. Jimmy Kimmel performances and tour. This is incredibly fun because it means you can get to know the moves and practice which is part of what is so intoxicating about K-pop. It's like, it's made for you to watch it in excess. And it also explains why they've gone so viral on TikTok too, because TikTok is so like those choreographed quick dances and why they're a global phenomenon for so many reasons. But it helps that Lisa and Rosé are not from Korea and Jenny spent much of her adolescence outside of Korea. So they have a wide range of their hemisphere uh, represented in just four in their four members. And I, and I also do think it helps the two of them also speak English really well too, to have them even more of a global reach. Right. Blackpink is in your area. Um, so also we've alluded to this, but it's really something that sets them apart. They, these four women are exceptional dancers. Um, Becky and Mimi and Victor, like, what did you, what do you think about their dancing in the music videos that you've watched? Incredible. I literally have no words. I actually think it's what separates them from Little Mix. Don't get me wrong. I love Little Mix, but they're they're not exceptional dancers. Uh, they're, none of their choreo is like that. I mean, it's challenging for me, but it's not like that challenging. But when you watch Blackpink, you're like, holy shit. Like, damn. Yeah. And they really take advantage of the four member group in that they, I noticed that they're like very often in a diamond formation, which is very chic to me. Um, So I love that as well. Yeah, I think, so I think that they are different types of bands because they uh, like comparing like Little Mix and Blackpink. Like I think Little Mix is very much more concerned with their like live vocals. And so then they, they are good with dancing in videos but like I've noticed definitely like their dancing is way different when they're doing live performances. But um, yeah, Blackpink, like it is entrancing to watch them do their like transitions where they like literally like almost like melt into each other. It's it's like the coolest thing. Remember that show that was like a dance show and there was like Jabberwockies or something? America's it's like best, that. America's best dance crew. I forgot about that. But that's kind I of what it feels that. like, right? when they like flow into each other. Um, It it makes sense too. also knowing that YG made Gangnam Style. uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's like the same factory. Yes. And I have to say, I think all four of them are great dancers and have clearly, and and we know for a fact, 
and we'll talk about it, have been like trained in dancing. But I, you know, Lisa, I think it like comes so naturally to her. Like I love watching her in in the dance performances. And I think she is their like lead dancer and choreographer. And she has been a judge on Korean like dance competition shows. And she is so mean. It's like, it's, you have to see this. She, she's so mean. She'll be like, she'll pause it and she'll be, and there'll be like 10 people dancing and she'll be like, pause. We're stopping. Cause like this girl in the middle, did you even, why aren't you trying? I'm, I'm watching you. You're not even trying. And she's like, she'll be like, I'm trying. And she'll be like, that's not what trying looks like. What are you doing? Like you're embarrassing. Oh my God. I love that. I know. I'm proud of wow. her. That's surprising to me. I know. It's not what she comes off as, but I think she just takes dancing like really seriously. And in one of these videos I was watching, she she was like, what are you guys doing? And she was talking about this one move. And she was like, you guys are not doing this right. And I was like, this looks fine to me. And then when she did it, she had, you know, her arm raised over her head. And there was this totally very, very subtle distinction between what she wanted and what they were doing. And it was like so important to her. It really was. She was like, this matters. And you are being lazy. That's why she's a great dancer. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So like Little Mix, these four of Blackpink were put together by a larger production company with the goal of making money, as is the way. Unlike Little Mix, but still scary in a different way, that wasn't, you know, they weren't a part of a one-time X Factor competition. Instead, they, K-pop idols like Blackpink are sent to training as teenagers, like we alluded to earlier. And as trainees, as they're called, they go to full-time pop star school. So Blackpink trained with K-pop power player YG, as Becky mentioned. And they have multiple dance and singing lessons a day. And they have a showcase every month. And it seems very intense. And they referred to this as, what if you were a contestant on The X Factor, but you never went home and the show was your entire life? Speaking of trauma bonding, uh, I think way more even yeah. so. Bone chilling. Yeah. Training is famously brutal. Uh, even the idols will, will reveal that. But sometimes the way that they reveal that seems calculated to conceal broader exploitation. Unsurprisingly, training and the larger ownership of the band by YG is the subject of many conspiracy theories. Like, if you just, like, troll the um, Blink Twitter accounts, like... They're always like pointing out like little things that they're um, like if some of the girls look exhausted or like whatever, like it's a very common trope to see like literally like fainting K-pop idols. It's like sad. Yeah. And I think it makes you like, it's tough because in some ways YG entertainment is an easy fall guy for something like this because it's just a very clear company that is behind them. And so the question of like, are they being controlled feels like, you know, a relevant question to ask, but in some ways, like that's, that's how every pop star is in a lot of ways. Like a lot of pop stars feel that kind of sense of control. Um, So it's a tough thing to kind of tease out. Yeah. I wondered, and I don't know if we, if this is even public, but how much of the music they actually own and how much money they actually get. Um, it made me think a lot about Disney and it also obviously makes you think about Taylor, but it's a different kind of owning uh, in a different way. 
So YG announced that they wanted to create this next, their next girl group in the early 2010s. Uh, they groomed many women for the band, and there were nine girls in particular who were part of what would later become Blackpink. But one, but one by one, the five others were let go, and Jisoo, Rose, Jenny, and Lisa remained. In 2016, they debuted with their single "Whistle," followed closely by "Boombaya." Then both were immediate smashes. And like Little Mix, the four of them seemed to balance their friendship and seemed to genuinely like each other. Although, of course, as we've been talking about, their their image is very tightly controlled. Um, and like Little Mix, that friendship has become part of their brand. But of course, we only see what we're allowed to see. So, of course, there's a chance that the friendship isn't as pure as it appears. And if that ever came out, it would be devastating for their fans, but um, is a very sweet part of what I hope is, I hope is, you know, I hope it's true. They seem to really have each other's backs. Yeah. And they, um, they were like, there's like a picture of like Ariana Grande, like with them whenever they did Coachella. And so I think they're like very much so like really like nice. And like, I don't know that just like, that made me think like, Oh, they're like, they don't think they're like better than anyone or that they can't like, I don't know. Um, like integrate with like American stars, like they, they, it makes a lot of sense. Um, they're the first Korean girl group to play Coachella, but again, that doesn't even capture how big of a deal this was. Their Coachella performance introduced more U.S. audiences to their sound, and it kicked off their first U.S. tour. It's significant that a group that played a huge stage at Coachella had never even toured in the U.S. before. Like that's a big deal. Like they've they're just been bubbling deal. under for years. I, I just realized that something else that they have in common with Little Mix is that they have both both bands named albums after what their fans had called the album. So LM5 was Little Mix's previous album and that they called it that because, you know, that's the structure of, you know, new albums and their fans were calling, were just calling it LM5 so much that that's, that became what the album was called. And um, Blackpink has had a journey that, I I won't do justice at um, explaining all of the ins and outs, but it it was really hard for them to come out with their most recent album and took a long time. It was delayed. There was just, there was, you know, ups and downs. So the fans were really just referring to it as the album because that's what it was. It was the album. And that is what their album is called. It is called the album, um, which is really fun. So they both named their, you know, projects after what their fans called them, which I think is special. Or shows lack of imagination. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> um, I'm curious for all of you, like what are some closing thoughts you have about Blackpink? What are um, some things you love about them? Um, what are some things you're not so sure about in terms of like, are they going to become, you know, part of your regular routine of who you listen to on a regular basis? I don't, I don't think they're, I like them. I don't think they're going to be a regular in my routine. Um I think I'll enjoy them when coronavirus is over and I can go back to the club. I think I'll definitely be psyched to hear them in like a bar and to dance to them there. But I don't know if there are some, if there are a band I'm going to reach to, to listen to like when I'm getting ready for work. I also, I'm very curious about YG and will admit that I haven't done enough digging, but something seems off. Yeah. I, uh, I second all of those, all of those thoughts. And um, yeah, I mean, I just hope that they 
stay together as long as they want to. And even when they're no longer together, that they stay close friends and, you know, don't have a falling out. Um, that feels important to me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, a, and just sort of to put a bow on the whole thing, I'm just sort of like curious to see where this new era of girl bands goes and how long it lasts or if it, if it's, if it's sort of an era in the same way that the girl bands of like the nineties and early two thousands were an era and that disappeared for a while. I'm just curious to see where it goes, but for now I'm, I'm really enjoying them and I won't be like listening to them on a quarantine walk probably, but I might, you don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I think um, it's cool to note like with both of them that they're, they have such longevity. Like they are like you, like when you think of like pop groups, you think of like that first album that really hits. And then it's like, where did they go? You know, like with like any, you know, band that you can really think of, but like that, like for instance, like Little Mix gets more popular with like each thing that they release. And that's like unheard of. And same with Little Mix, like they've been around since like 2016 and they're just getting their first album out. Like that's craziness. So I think, I think that both bands have like perfected how you can leverage fans and stand them into like a longer career online specifically. That's so true. Um, and I think, yeah, because they really are this like pure, both bands have these pure pop music sounds. Um, I think I'm going to reach for them in those moments when you really need pop music. Um, I think specifically Blackpink is like, so it really makes you feel empowered for lack of a better word. Like when you listen to how you like that, or whatever it is that you're listening to, you just feel so hyped. So if anybody, if you have a big presentation coming up for work that you got to psych yourself up for, anything like that, Blackpink is certainly a go-to. But, you know, in this exact moment, I think, to be honest, for myself, and maybe I'm speaking for multiple people on this call, I'm like reaching for Evermore and Folklore right now. <laughs> so that's very different, very, very different vibes. And, you know, but but as Taylor said, like both of these things can't be true. I can love evermore. And how you like that? How you like that? I just like, can't. it's so intense. It's like so intoxicating. So good. Oh, it's so good. I love them. I am happy for these two bands to be as dominant as they are. Um, we didn't go into so much like, you know, the terminology behind girl group, girl band, mostly because I'm just not that interested in that. <laughs> like there's a lot of think pieces, anybody, you know, if you want to Google some, go for it. I think that in general, there's a lot more to say about what makes like why girl groups are called that and the stigma associated with that. But in general, these are two very successful bands right now. And I can't wait for their continued world domination. I'm so proud of all of them and all the work they've done. We love them. So that's our show. We, we love, love Lil Mix. We love Blackpink. We love those girl bosses. <laughs> we, do. we do. I love them. I love those girls. <laughs> those girls. Um, yeah, this was a delight. And thank you, Victor, for joining us. And thank you, Hannah and Victor, for guiding me and Becky into <laughs> these worlds, which we were somewhat privy to, but not completely. 
Well, thank you for having me. This is like literally so much fun. Like I love talking about pop music. So you guys are like amazing. Yay. It was really such a pleasure. Something that also we didn't, um, if we had talked more about folklore and evermore, um, what we would have said was that Victor and I came up with the name for the genre to describe folklore. I like the, the sound that Taylor is um, like really perfecting, which is called folkmore. And I think it's brilliant. Personally. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Um, so Victor, thank you for joining us. How can people find more of you? on the internet um so you can search my name victor carlesi um and i'm victor carbakes on instagram underscores right yeah there's a lot of underscores there's a lot of underscores okay i think if you search my name it'll come up but then you'll be just fine i I love that i'm deleting everything tomorrow so liar I love that. Um, So it's the end of our show, but it's not the end of the conversation. As you know, we can't wait to hear what you think. If you found yourselves yelling at your headphones because you know something about Little Mix or Blackpink or you had more questions, please get in touch with us. Follow us on Instagram at Listen to the B-Sides, on Twitter at the B-Sides pod. Join our Facebook group by searching the B-Sides or going to bit.ly slash B-Sides FB group. You can check everything out on our brand new website, which is listen to the B-sides.com. And please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate us and review us. Um, five stars, please. Uh, you know, one one star for each band member plus one for good luck. That, that sounds like a great plan. So we will see you in two Wednesdays. Until the next time we cut to the feeling, I'm Hannah. I'm Becky. I'm Mimi. I'm Victor. <laughs> Toodaloo. Cheerio, everybody. Bye-bye. See you on the outside. (laughs) Bye-bye, Matt. Oh, no, we're the worst. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.